Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Maine Golf Talk. Henry and I are just going to kind of recap a little bit about the PGA start and look at uh, what's ahead, as well as talk about our experience in, at the Pro Pro at Booth Bay Harbor, which uh, if you guys haven't played Booth Bay, I highly recommend. So Henry, let's let's start it all off. You know, we have Paul Tesori on a couple weeks ago. They go out, second PGA Tour event after the pandemic. Him and his boy Webb win. Did you watch that? Did you uh, see them sprint to the finish there at the end? Weber, that was quite the finish. Nice back nine. I uh, I posted a video of the two of them making a discussion. I think it was on the ninth hole at par four, kind of the funny green. And um, yeah, that was pretty impressive. I mean, just rolling the rock like nobody's business. He's got that new claw grip going on over the past couple of years, which we talked about in the podcast uh, after the putter ban, the long uh, where he used to kind of hinge it against, I think it was against his chest, right? So uh, went away from that. Now he's putting lights out with this new method. Just shows you uh, how he's been able to adapt and all the changes he's put in place and and he's got a great caddy on the bag, so that's a winning combination right there. Yeah, I just I like the fact that those two can communicate so well with one another. Um, I was I was remembering the shot on was it fifteen, the par five there. Where they were talking about whether or not he could hit five wood up over the trees, and Paul talked them into it and said, "Hey, man, I know you got this. Hit it and knocks it up on there in two, and that was that was a great shot." And, um, you know, I texted Paul uh, that night, and I guess they were celebrating because I didn't get a text message until like 2.30 in the morning back, and it involved a lot of yeses with a lot of S's. <laughs> That's great. You know, it's funny. I think I told you I, I went and recorded it on CBS, and they had that rain delay, so it got pushed back. And I don't have golf channel here. So of course it cuts out after nine holes. So I only saw the front nine and then I had to go watch, you know, highlights of what I could catch up on. But, you know, based on the front nine, I was watching Terrell Hatton and uh, answer just light it up ball striking wise, just they were neck and neck and they were both what three, four under on the front and they're, and then they get steamrolled on the back. I mean, they both played great rounds. It's uh and when you're when you're hot with a putter like that, it's hard to uh, it's hard to beat someone like that. Yeah, there weren't too many bogeys, and like you said, the ball striking was impressive. I mean, I think answer I saw at one point while he's on the back nine, he played something like sixty three holes, sixty four holes, and he only missed I think four greens all week. Um, Crazy. I could be I could be wrong with that stat, but it was something unbelievable and. 
it just goes to show you that you could play great golf and just still get beat by a guy that butts it just a little bit better. And it shows you that there's so many ways to get it done because you look at Webb Simpson. I mean, his ball striking was great all week long, but you look at his swing, a lot of people, uh, probably not something you would normally teach, super cupped at the top, uh, face is pretty open, but, you know, he makes it work. And, you know, it just shows you there's many ways to get it done. You don't have to, you don't have to be Tiger Woods perfect at the top, so. Well, it was really interesting seeing those that first two rounds where he was paired up with DeChambeau. So two completely opposite styles <laughs> of golf right now. And Seriously. I really didn't want to get too much involved with the whole DeChambeau uh, discussion. I think he's, he's doing something extremely intelligent. He, you know, stats have proven that distance helps you shoot lower scores and he's maxing it out as much as possible. But it was really cool seeing uh, ninth hole there. Weber lays back. He hits it up there close. DeChambeau just rips it up towards the green. I think he drove it right over the green. And I really like the fact that Harbortown, yeah, it yielded really low scores, but it allowed everybody to play in it. You, you didn't just have the bombers out there. You had shorter guys that had chance. I mean, what was it? Uh, Carlos Ortiz or C.T. Pan. C.T. Pan hits it about the distance I do, and he won it last year. So that's what I really like about that event. Yeah, it's one of the few tour events I've actually been to. I went there when I was a kid, and, I mean, what a beautiful course, too, the 18th hole right on the uh, the sound there and the lighthouse. I mean, it's a it's a special setting. And Seth Sweet, uh, he was down there. He worked, uh, I think, at the club across the road. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, he and his parents were down living in that area for a while, and I got to visit them, and it's uh, played the course across the street there. It's a really cool place, Hilton Head, if you have the opportunity to go down there. What do you think about Berger back-to-back with the win and then, you know, at the top, I think it was tied for third he finished? I mean, that's to come out of uh, this sort of break from COVID, you know, his, he is, uh, you know, one of the younger guys that was talked up a lot maybe three, four years ago. He's kind of fallen off, but maybe this is the sort of break he needed to get his game sharp again. I mean, it's really difficult to come back from wrist injuries and it was impressive what he did. I mean, he's now back into the top 30 of the official world golf rankings after dropping down to, I think it was 168th. That was quick. Real fast. Goes to show you a couple wins get you there. But I mean, he was playing well before the pandemic too. He had, he's had some good stretches and it's good to see that his confidence is back. He's swinging healthy. You know, another interesting kind of unique swing that that works, and I'm I, I think it's uh, I think it's a it's good for him to be back, and I think he's uh, he might be a good pick for this week. You put his swing and Webb's next to each other, and they are light years apart. Maybe we should do a uh, post about that. Maybe we can get both of them from the top because it's, yeah. like you said, it's literally the complete opposite almost. Except from halfway down to halfway through. From in those areas, a lot of those guys are right on the same path. But, man, from the top up, I mean, whew, those are different. 
So Berger plays well. You had JT throw a number out there. You had Brooks throw a number out there on the final round. I mean, that was a stacked leaderboard going into that final round with some big names that were maybe a touch too far out, but definitely put some pressure on the leaders. I think it was a statement week for Kepka. You know, you have a shorter golf course. It usually lends to the Jim Furyk's, the Matt Kuchers, guys that, you know, good, solid ball strikers, great short games, right? Not super long. But for him to go out and, and put up a good showing – after his injury and his, uh, you know, his rehab and everything for him to come back, have a showing like that on, on that golf course. I think it sets him up really well going into the rest of the season and with the major championships coming up with the U S open being the first, which he has good history at. <laughs> Our, I thought we just got a uh, word that a PGA championships, August uh, six through nine with no fans. Oh, that one got moved up? Yep. Well, uh, so PGA is uh, August 6th through 9th. It's going to be the first major. Oh, I just got the calendar wrong then. Yeah, you just blew that one. Yeah. Throwing out facts, and I just shut you down. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I know you like talking COVID. Let's, uh, let's jump into the big PGA Tour news. Nick Watney, who I didn't realize was still playing golf, uh, Oh my God, I love that guy. It's tough to, you know, it's a bad way to find out that he's still playing. Um, but he's as positive on, uh, on Friday. It'll be interesting. What, uh, what are your thoughts? You think the PGA Tour is going to keep going? I mean, for me personally, I think if none of the other players test positive, if his caddy doesn't test positive, it's going to be a win for the PGA Tour showing that, you know, it doesn't, kind of work like that not everybody that gets it is going to get it who's around you i think what it, he flew with a private jet right with sergio and sergio made that interesting comment saying that you know it could have happened to somebody else's if like you know because nick watney is a good guy or something. i don't know it was an interesting comment but i think everybody would say sergio would have been that guy <laughs> yeah um yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully no one else tests positive here. I, I have to imagine at some point there's going to be more positive tests. It's just mitigating it. And, you know, you see the baseball league shutting down already and some of these training camps getting up and running with some of the NCAA football and then uh, NFL. I think the Buccaneers had a lot of cases the other day. So I, there's going to be positive cases. It's just uh, are you able to sort of mitigate it and move forward or are you are you going to be on the side that's going to shut everything down so I don't know it's it's such a crazy time but hopefully they can keep playing and keep pushing forward it's going to be interesting with all the travel you know and then obviously Nick Watney had come into contact with other players I think Rory McIlroy being one of them and then they test them. It, it's interesting to me. They test them the very next day, which understandably, but what's the incubation period? Isn't it like four to 14 days? So, I mean, are they going to be showing any symptoms or even test positive within 24 hours? I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they keep testing them. <laughs> I, I think another thing that's going to come out of it is – we're not going to see fans this year. 
I know Muirfield got approved. Um, they may try and keep going, but I would not be shocked if we don't see any fans. And honestly, I'm okay with it. I thought that was really good to not have any distraction of the fans, the galleries, but these guys just play golf. And even CBS, they stepped up their coverage. And I thought that was the best televised golf coverage we've seen in a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still an exciting leaderboard, exciting tournament. I mean, for what they were able to do without fans. And actually, they, like you said, they were able to give us a few different camera angles and, and things like that. I think that's pretty cool. But, yeah, and then you hear about no Ryder Cup, but that's pushed back a year now. So, I don't know. We'll have to see for the Memorial if they're going to be able to still have fans. Like you said, it just it seems like it's moving the other way now after all the recent spikes in Florida, Arizona, all these other, other states. So I don't know. It changes so day to day. It's hard to predict. Yeah. Fascinating stuff right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so PJ tour now moves up towards our area. They're now going into the Northeast area playing at uh, TPC river highlands this week. Again, another stacked field. I mean, granted, we don't see Tiger again, which not really a shock, but pretty much everybody else in the top 20 will be there. And I'm interested to see how these guys attack that golf course. That course is usually one of the better events on tour. It's, it's players love going there and super exciting uh, venue and that 18 pole where they kind of sit on the hill there. I remember when Jordan Spieth pulled out that bunker shot. That place was nuts. Uh, I actually think he that was a playoff with Berger, wasn't it? So who knows? Maybe Berger has another good week there. Yeah, just keep keep that thing rolling. And they showed a really cool view of that the other day from well behind the uh, Jordan Spieth there. And I think it was from like 50, 60 yards back. And I thought it was cool just seeing the fans just lose it. Um, oh, they're nuts. <laughs> but I think uh, it's, it should be an interesting week. I think, uh, what was it? I saw rain maybe Friday, Saturday. And so that could cause some, some issues with these guys. But I think the score is going to be low again. I think these guys could take on that golf course. And, you know, we're not going to see eight under, seven under single digits win it. We're going to see another probably 17, 18 under win this golf tournament. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if the weather's okay, I wouldn't be surprised if it's twenty or more under. Uh, I did look at the weather just for this weekend, and it looks a little iffy around these parts. I'm not sure about down there, but it's not too far away, so we'll have to see how the uh, if they get some rain or thunderstorms. <clears throat> All right, so we actually played in a professional event. Uh, the main chapter. PGA hosted the Pro Pro down at Booth Bay Harbor Country Club. And I got to ride on the shoulders of Henry to a surprising second place finish. Um, that was the first time I played that golf course. I know that was the first time Henry's played it since the renovation. And I thought it is really, really cool golf course. There's a couple holes there on the front nine that have a lot of variety. The condition might be some of the best conditions in the state. And granted, the clubhouse might be out of place for Maine. 
but unbelievable clubhouse, unbelievable facility, and all in all, definitely worth the uh, the trip if you have a chance. Uh, yeah, it's an establishment. That was the first time I got my temperature checked like that, though. That was kind of cool, going through the gate. <laughs> We're used to it. That's, that's what we do, uh, at least for staff-wise up here, but I was worried that I was going to you know, go a little positive and make you play by yourself, but then again, it really wouldn't have mattered. So, I think if, if I had my temperature checked this last week, I would have tested or I, I would have been over 100 every day because it's been so hot down here. But anyways, uh, yeah, Boot Bay is awesome. That course is in tremendous shape. I kind of like the, the new holes there. Um, I was a little – some of the changes they had made before were more just like flattening some of the greens because they've had so much undulation in the past. Uh, let me think the second hole, I think they, they modified that green, but anyways, uh, yeah, the, was it 13, 14? I like the changes they made there, or sorry, 14, 15, uh, the par four kind of blind tee shot dog legs out, uh, great view. Now they really opened that hole up and then 15, the par three with the new tee box back there, I don't know, 180 yards or so. That was that was quite the shot and it was playing into the wind. That was a, that was a nice hole. So, and then they modified the 17th green used to be where the only flat spot on that green was front, right. Everything else just rolled down the hill to the left, but now they've modified that green where it's a little uh, less undulated, I guess, or less slopey. So yeah, I mean, they're going to keep making changes. I, you know, to me, there's still some of that old Booth Bay course there, and I don't know if I'll ever put it above a course like Portland or Kibo or, you know, Sugarloaf. Those are kind of the three I, I feel are highest up on my list. I don't know if I'll ever put Booth Bay quite to that level, but, I mean, if you're looking for a pristine golf course and experience, it's hard to beat that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to look back on my Dream 18, see if there's any that I would add. I, you know, I really like the first hole. I thought that was a cool starting hole. You could rip driver kind of towards it, get, get aggressive. But it's five iron, six iron, you know, seven iron, give yourself a little wedge shot. Um, you know, you and I kind of talked about it. 10, 11, 12, those were the only three holes I was kind of – there wasn't a lot of variety to. And maybe it's just because I played them bad or played them the same way both times we played. Um, but just kind of straight away par four, straight away par four, straight away par four. And I like the variety. And so you go from the front nine there, one through nine, you have nine. That's an awesome uphill par five to three straightaway par fours with not a lot of character too. So if there was anything that kind of say negative about Booth Bay, that would probably be it. Um, but other than that, I thought some of those cool, those holes were really cool. You, know, you had four that was reachable. If you wanted to, you had reachable par fives as well as par fives that you had to play in three shots. And that's what makes a good golf course is give you a lot of variety and a lot of options to play it. And they did a good job with it. Yeah. And let's send our best to Ron Bebo taking one off the rocks on on the fourth hole. Holy smokes. That was crazy. So yeah. he, 
he's down in the, the creek there on the fourth hole, which separates the fairway probably at about 200 yards. And uh, he went in to try to escape, and I guess it hit a rock and bounced back and hit him in the eye, right in the eye socket, and uh, had to get some stitches. And he drove by us, and man, he, we're, we're glad to hear it wasn't as serious as it looked because that was uh, that was scary when he drove by us looking at that. Yeah, that was. Uh, there were some some really interesting things that happened in that event. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> yeah. You had the shotgun in between our event and then, of course, a little uh, traveling across states controversy that nobody really cares about. But uh, really interesting first uh, first event there at uh, for the main chapter, that's for sure. Yeah, there's some newsworthy notes there. But anyways, it, it was a fun course, fun day. And, you know, it's always good to uh, – I don't know, pop that car, play 36 holes at a course like that, when it's in perfect shape. So that was fun, good time. So before we go, uh, you know, quick shout out uh, to Henry. He finished second yesterday in the uh, Marndale Pro-Am in the low pro. Uh, I talked to my assistant, Indy, and she said that Marndale was in great shape. So, you know, Henry, Nick, the curl crew at Marndale, um, great job. I heard greens were fast. I wish I could have got down there and played, but um, – I'm nice, and I let my assistant go play golf. Um, but, you know, keep uh, keep up the good work. I think we got Dutch Elm for the main chapter next. Uh, all the main chapter, uh, main amp qualifiers are done. So if you've made it to uh, the main amateur, congratulations. Uh, for those that unfortunately didn't, there's always next year. Yeah, Betterford Soccer will be a great venue. Uh, I know when I played there, and I was probably 16, 15, 16 at the time. Uh, yeah, good course to have it at. You know, not a ton of trouble if you just kind of keep it steady off the tee. And I think the year I played there, President Bush 41 showed up and sat out on the deck. So that was a that was a great tournament and fond memories of that place growing up. And um, I think it'll be a great venue for this year's amateur and talk about if if all these uh young guys are able to play i think it could be a one of the more exciting amateurs we've had in, uh, in a long time yeah you're gonna have cole caleb drew uh that's just those three alone are gonna be fun to watch and you got a lot of young kids that can throw out numbers and throw go low and it's like you said it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be fun and Best of luck to everybody that's playing in that. All right, so this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk. Henry and I truly appreciate all the support uh, and the kind words that you guys have provided us. It's been great having people just come up to me here at the, the shop and tell me that we're doing a great job, and you know that kind of helps us keep this thing going. Uh, but you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Maine Golf Talk, and we will see you guys next time.